Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. This video is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Sending data over an encrypted internet connection is like sending a postcard that everybody can see. When you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether that's your phone, your computer, your tablet, your TV, etc., you're sending countless pieces of really precious data that can be seen or intercepted by all, all sort of parties before it reaches its intended destination. But a VPN or a virtual private network creates a secure tunnel between your device and the internet. In other words, it puts an envelope around your postcard so they can't sneak a peek at your private correspondence. The ExpressVPN protects you from spies who use your data for their own nefarious purposes. ExpressVPN prevents your ISP from seeing your private browsing activity. It also stops governments and large corporations and websites that constantly surveil you and harvest your data for their own agendas. ExpressVPN gives you unrestricted access to all parts of the internet so you can watch shows in other countries and even get certain discounts. So to get ExpressVPN, just click the link below. When you use the Pelican Postscan report, you get three, that's right, three months free of ExpressVPN. Hit the link now and get connected. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really blown to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah, like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose all winning, I'm a who that. Homer, this is where we do that. 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 Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma. This is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma. Big Q and the guys. Shout out, Who That Nation. We up in this thing. Monday stream. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the sports coma with Big Q and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating. And enlightening sports talk from your favorite sports fan. Please feel free to hit the like button. Please feel free to hit the subscribe button as we up in this thing. Shout out to the mighty, the mighty who that nation we represent. So thank you guys for joining me on this episode of the show. 
Uh, much love to the fam as we getting going in this thing. Let's start it off, man, uh, by giving a shout out to the Who That Nation. I'm having issues. That's what took me a little while to kind of get going in this thing, but we're going to keep it popping. Much love to the fam. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Good to see y'all uh, in the stream. If you can hear me well, please put one in the chat. It's all gravy, baby. Much love to the fam. I, so in this one, this uh, Saints compensatory pick projections and more. We're going to cover that news today, the schedule release, and several other items of news. Won't hold you guys uh, for very long on this episode of the show. Just hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. And, of course, I hope you guys had a pretty solid uh, uh, Monday starting your week. So as we get going in that thing. So please feel free to hit the like button, fam. Shout out to Dre Day, OG Jerry, JT, Taino, King Morrison, Kevin McKnight, Lewis, Kathleen. Good to see you in there, Queen. Appreciate you. Carla, shout out to all the queens in the building. BJ9 in this thing as well. Appreciate everybody early on for popping in for this stream. So let's pop right on to it. Some of the news notes and items of the day, of course, the NFL is kind of talking about doing a situation where they'll have um, a two or three day event. And that's what they do. That's what they talk about doing is kind of adding more and more of the, uh, you know, festivities. This, this is all about a money league. You know, they don't leave nothing, leave no money off the table, but they talking about turning the schedule release into two day, a two day event. So how do you guys feel about that? How do you feel? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Jared, shout out to your West side Baptist church. Appreciate y'all for being here. Brother Devon and the West of the rest of the fam. Thank you for being here. So it's going to be interesting. And of course, for that two days, we will be here live. We'll be covering the two day stream. We'll be talking about it uh, on the stream. We'll be reacting to what's going on. So, you know, that's uh, the NFL. That's how they work. So anyway, NFL will drop the schedule on Thursday night. We'll learn more about the select games ahead starting Wednesday. NFL announced Monday afternoon that the league will drop the schedule on Thursday, May the 11th at 7 p.m. Central time. A couple days from now, this next Thursday. So we'll have to pay attention for the Saints schedule leading up. And it will announce some select games, which is the international game, May 10th on NFL Network. Of course, we have an uh, international game. We have the Patriots game. And they should give us some more particulars on that. They got what's called a Black Friday game that will be on Amazon. And then they have the select individual games, which will be May the 10th and the rest on the 11th that they'll finish releasing the rest of the schedule. So, a lot of rumors the Saints were playing Germany for the Patriots matchup. We'll get the confirmation. That's very kept, barely a very badly kept rumor. As a reminder, here's a couple of the opponents the Saints played this upcoming season. Of course, the Falcons, Bucks, and Panthers are there with the Packers on the road, the Texans, the Colts, the Rams, the Vikings, and of course the Patriots. And where the Patriots matchup is will be interesting. So, in terms of the cold games. You look at the Packers matchup uh, as uh, depending on what time frame that'll be, but the rest of these other games are pretty much dome stadiums. You know, you got the tech, the Colts matchup. That's the dome, the Vikings game. So, you know, you know, we're not the best cold weather team home games, Falcons, Panthers, Bucks, Bears come down here, the Lions, Jags, Giants, Titans. So, Going to be fun watching how all of the schedule looks as we get ready to get going, but it's going to be fun watching and kind of dreaming a little bit to see how that schedule will look coming into this upcoming season. The exact particulars, we know who we're facing, but we'll know exactly 
the particulars, the specifics. All right, so anyway, let's move on to the next one. And this one's right here from the, uh, uh, what's your name? What's, hold on, let me, let me situate this, fam. This is always something that kind of pop up here. And uh, we let's situate this. This is something that Jeff Ireland had. Well, he talked about, uh, at, it kind of made this comparison with uh, Drew Brees and Jake Hayner, and I wish he wouldn't do that. You know, I just it's one of these things like, we hit on the Drew Brees and the Saints have selected several quarterbacks in the draft over time. And none of them guys came close, even came close to carrying the man's cliques. So, you know, I know you want to give them praise, but God, that's a lot of pressure. So unfair to heap that on them. But anyway, let's get into this article. Uh, Saints believe fourth round rookie quarterback Jake Hayner has some of the same traits as the greatest quarterback in franchise history. Ireland, the Saints assistant general manager in college, Scouting director told Duncan of NOLA.com that Hayner, who likes Breeze, is short, but an accurate passer, has great potential. He did idolize Drew. You see the little picture that he wearing number nine. Yes, indeed. And that was a lot of his game mimics Drew, but I don't want to put, you know, that on him. You know, short guys, you know, accurate guys. It's like the underachiever. That's who they're looking for. Like this, this, this underachieving quarterback type guy he doesn't have a strong arm uh, but he has what he lacks in the physical attributes he has in other in other tangibles like he has the intelligence he studied extra to be you know you know intelligent have this field awareness where he knows where guys are on the field he was incredibly incredibly productive at fresno and the fact that he comes here he doesn't have the prototypical size even though the saints could have got a a prototypical size quarterback they chose these underdog achiever type players, especially at the quarterback. Well, now nah, I've studied this tape doing, what we're going to be doing film study. I'm starting that up again. I did a little bit of it early on in the development of the show. And I kind of went into, and I had several other projects I was doing with other platforms, but a lot of these other platforms are taking off and taking their own legs. I, it took time to develop all these different pr- platforms, the Pelican post game report, ring Kings box and tough tiger talk and the sports comb itself, which created all these things, but all these other things now have taken off. It it opens up some more time. So I'll be bringing back a lot of my film studies, which I'll be starting on Patreon tomorrow for the family members. And we'll be breaking down the entire draft class. We'll go over the, uh, the individual film. We'll break it down. We'll talk about it on the Patreon. So if you're a guy that loves that kind of thing, feel free to hit that Patreon button or, or simply join a YouTube membership family. We'll have that available anyway. Uh, and this is what he was saying of it in this uh, particular article. And this is Ireland right here speaking. Let me see if I can highlight that. If you wouldn't think he was six feet tall when you watch him, Ireland said of Hayner, he's got great processing abilities. He has great or he's got great vision. He's got a quick stroke, the extremely smart. He's a six year senior. So he's really mature for being a college senior. He's compared competed in two different programs. He's competed at Washington and at Fresno. I was just really impressed with the person and how he plays. He has several fourth he had several fourth quarterback comebacks. He does kind of remind you, or there are some similarities to number nine. Indeed. Now Ireland acknowledged that there's only one breeze, but he also said Hayner has special traits. A lot to heap on him, and if you this is a you know, you've studied a tape, and we'll be talking about that tomorrow. We'll look at 
uh, some of his film and talk about how the, the, the key points that I cover on some of the film when I talk about is the fact that how I like what Hainer's abilities are is he has a wonderful ability of knowing where things are around him. Like if you study the film, he has a great awareness of like a good uh, awareness of awareness, pocket awareness around him. Like when people start moving around and you can see him moving back and forth, his feet are constantly moving and he slides a bit to look to, to uh, find a, a, a better pass, but he's always has his eyes upfield. And that's something you look at. He looks and things around him. He moves, he slides and he makes the throws. He's aware of where his receivers are in a route. He has command and they speak about his intelligence. But if you watch the film, he's also quite the, the little leader there at Fresno state when he was playing and he turned up a lot of time. Now he's right that he had a lot of time in college to study the position so he can understand what he needed to do. So that's a bonus. Another caveat to this, and I'll talk about this after I get through the rest of Hainer's commentaries, is is really awesome. I mean, uh, Ireland, he said you can really compare him. And I always, I'm always careful to use the comparison because he doesn't compare to Drew. He's the only one. But there are some similarities that make you feel like, okay, maybe he can play similarly to that person. And you thought, okay, well, you got another short quarterback in the league. You got Bryce Young. He just got picked first in the draft. What if Jake's in that offense? Alabama, I I think, from, you know, standpoint, Jake would have success if he's at Alabama. So we tossed a lot of things around, like the idea of having a young developmental quarterback learn a new system with Derek Carr and Jameis. So that's just a smart business move, in our opinion. We felt like that was a smart move to get a young player there to develop. We just want to see him develop into a in a system where we feel like he's going to be successful and learn from two guys that have been doing this and battled as starters in this league. We feel like this that's a smart business move. If Hayner can learn the, the, the earn that comparison of Drews, draft him in the fourth round, he'll be uh, he'll prove to be a very smart business. Now, what I really like about the Hayner situation was a bit of a head scratcher at first for me, right? And that's simply because I thought the Saints had more pressing needs than to kind of look at the quarterback. I thought the linebacker situation, I mean, I was looking for maybe a different quarterback early on. Perhaps fourth round is not a bad place to go and look at a quarterback, but you know, the Saints kind of moved back into that thing. What's really intriguing and interesting is the fact that the dynamic that Jeff Ireland did study the tape, and I won't kick against Jeff Ireland's commentary or his thought process on some of these rookie quarterbacks and even more impressing his undrafted uh, acumen to find undrafted guys. You study, all you have to do is study the film on, the film on Jake Hayner, and you will learn that Hayner does have good pocket awareness. He keeps his, he has very disciplined, he's a very disciplined approach. He knows where everybody at, it is on the field. He's very good at throwing in between uh, 10 to, I would say 15 yards, like 10 to 15 yards. Some, some say 15 to 19 yards, and I've seen him do that. But in particular, 10 to 15 yards, and I could guess I could say anywhere between 10 to 20 yards, which is the game after Drew now. They picked this guy because he's basically studied the game of Drew because he compares his 
size because he's a six feet quarterback that he will have to have certain certain type of success. He would have to play like Drew. Now remember, Drew came out. He wasn't the most athletic guy and all this kind of stuff. And this guy is not the most most athletic guy. That's why he has to work on all of the other things: the in pocket awareness, the intelligence, and the whereabouts is. He does have leadership ability. What's really interesting about this, and we talked about this before, is the fact that the drafting of this quarterback is in harmony with the starting quarterback, Derek Carr. Both of them came from the same college. And Carr basically kind of advocated with Jeff Ireland uh, and, you know, at the top for this to occur. Now, the we span it out after it, but beyond this upcoming year, after this year is over with, this guy, you know, the Saints could – very well go and look to find another quarterback to bring in here, but he would be, you know, for all intents and purposes, the backup guy behind a Derek Carr. Now he doesn't have a big arm, even though I've seen him throw the ball. I've seen several throws where he's thrown the ball down the field and wide receivers would have to are running and they would have to kind of wait, hit kind of hold up a little bit to get to the ball. He has a wonderful job of placing the ball when he's within the red zone. He does there when he's in the red zone, uh, it's just his senses are heightened and he makes some really good throws. I mean, he puts some really good throws like he'll throw to throw the wide receivers open. He'll put them to the corner. He'll place the ball where on the, only the wide receiver can get it. Like if it's pinched between uh, the sidelines, he would, he would throw the ball in which a way where it'll put the wide receiver between the sidelines. So if the receiver misses the ball, it goes out of bounds as opposed to back into the field of play for a potential pick. So I've seen several pieces of film where he does a wonderful job of ball placement, which is the attribute of Drew. But it's a lot for him to work on because Drew Brees is his childhood guy. That's where he wears number nine. He's his childhood icon. But to actually be in the same or on the same team trying to do that, it's going to be interesting. But it's a great harmony component because they're both Fresno State's quarterback being Derek Carr and this kid Hainer. And Carr is in harmony with the move, and he wants, you know, he said that he's going to help this guy train. So could we have a future quarterback in Jake Hayner after Carr's time is over with? No, we're not really talking about that right now because we we setting ourselves up right now over the next couple of years to kind of win this thing. So that's an interesting caveat. But like I said, we've drafted a lot of quarterbacks when Drew Brees was here. And, man, none of these guys actually panned out for us. None of them. So could Jake Hayner, the fourth-round rookie quarterback of the 2023 draft, fourth-rounder, could he pan out where others did not? Remember Ian Book? We liked Ian Book, too, and then the Saints really kind of shut him down and really kind of moved on really quick from him. You know, we kind of hard on these backup young quarterbacks we draft because they, you know, it's not a thing that we see them make it here. So could Hayner make it? This could be because he has the blessing of Carr and, and and others. This could be something else, man. He doesn't see this kid as competition. That's a positive. Anyway, let's move on to the next thing. We talk about the compensatory pick model and the projections uh, for every team that is coming up here. And of course we'll go over a few of them and let's talk a little bit about it of how do the compensatory picks work? Number of compensatory picks allotted each year 
in exchange for departing players is limited to the number of teams in the league, 32, per the collective bargaining agreement. However, compensatory picks are not divided up equally among the teams, and no team can receive more than four compensatory picks or four, four, four players leaving in a single year. To qualify for compensatory picks, team must end up with more or better qualifying free agents loss than gained in a particular year. So the teams awarded compensatory draft picks between the third and seven rounds based on league formula that takes into account a player's average salary per year, snap count, postseason awards. And while there is an expected level of compensation for a player based on the amount he signed for, his playing time or lack thereof in the upcoming season could alter the expectation. So just a little talking breaking down of the compensatory pick model just to give a little, uh, you know, a little. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes. It's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-day vegan challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Wake up at Holiday Inn Express to a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. Count on all the hot, fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone, like eggs, cinnamon rolls, and even hot, fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave. Next time, do yourself a favor and stay at a Holiday Inn Express with a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. So, when you wake up at Holiday Inn Express, you'll wake up happy, a part of IHG Hotels and Resorts extra on top of that. So this is the projections on some of these guys. Of course, we'll talk about some of the uh, teams that's in our division. We don't talk about everybody, but the new Orleans saints projected potential compensatory picks two in round four and one in round six. That's the projected compensatory pick formula two in round four. So two fourth round picks and one sixth round pick key free agent losses, Andy Dalton, Marcus Davenport, Kate Nellis, David on Yamada and Shai Tuttle. Remember, Davenport was a starter. Andy Dalton was a starter. Kate Nellis, even though Dalton started for you at the end of the year, Dalton was a starter. Davenport was a starter. Kate Nellis was a starter. David on Yamada starter. Shai Tuttle was a starter. And then you had those one, two, three, four, five out versus the free agent additions of Kayla Saunders and Nate Shepard and Jamal Williams. The, the comp pick analysis says some of the signing departures cancel each other out here, but the Saints are likely to receive three picks, including fourth rounders for Davenport and Onyemata. So this is a little extra sauce on top of what the upcoming season, the season after this season could bring for the Saints. So that'll be interesting. Now to look at the rest of, well, let me see, I don't think they have, this is most of these other teams are not going to get it, but you can see, uh, this, they got the projected model for the San Francisco 49ers picking up five comp picks. You got the Rams picking up four comp picks. And let's see, it's also the Eagles, they're thinking about them, three for the Green Bay Packers and Saints. Jets also get three, two for Cincinnati, Dallas, Jacksonville, and Kansas City. And then one comp pick for Arizona, Baltimore, and Buffalo. So not everybody gets them. But the Saints are in the number to get at least three compensatory picks according to the formula. All right.
So anyway, let's move forward, fam. Shout out to the fam, man. Appreciate y'all being here. Please feel free. Smack the hell out the like button. We up in this thing. J-Live, what's up, baby? Says Q, I've been saying this since we drafted this guy, that this is our quarterback. He takes the takes an offense and moves them down the field. Thank you, J-Live. Shout out to you. Saying, shout out to brother St. John Butler. Says somebody got to give Hayner that smudge on his cheek. All right. All right. Uh, Quaveda says they reported the Saints got offered for Foster Monroe on the table. Yeah, we talked about that. You know, we made mention of it where the Saints, the reason why they wasn't doing, you know, all of the stuff that they were talking about doing. And I was saying, I was like, man, remember he came back to the black and go the first time around. They saved his life with the physical. The second time around, the Saints brought him in and then everything just disappeared. There was no uh, discussion about Foster Monroe. There was none of that going on. You remember? We talked about that. And and that was an interesting caveat to the whole thing. I was like, because they were trying to see where this man was in his development. And he he tweeted and said that he that he felt okay. That, you know, he was thinking that that he was gonna be all right. And I was like, man, Foster Monroe, some kind of way Foster Monroe is in the mix here. And, you know, let let's cover that. Let's talk about that right now, matter of fact. Let's just throw that in there. Because I know we talked about it before. But uh, Monroe has off on the table from the Saints interest from other teams. Free agent visit to the Saints resulted in physical that led to cancer diagnosis for the tight end Foster Monroe. The news that Monroe has Hodgkin's lymphoma did not end the Saints pursuit of Monroe. Now, Brooke Kirschhofer of WWL TV reports that Monroe has an offer on the table from the Saints. She adds that other teams are interested in him who spent the first four years with the Raiders last month, he returned to the saints facility to complete his physical appearing in mid April on good morning. America Monroe says prognosis is good. It is unclear when he'll be cleared to play. It's great that he has an extra incentive to win the fight for a return to full health. Now he's 26 years of age, a native who played high school football in the area, attended Louisiana state LSU. That's right. He entered the league as a fourth-round pick, and the Raiders be good to have a former LSU guy back on the team as well. And plus his connection to uh, Derek Carr is also something interesting. So how do you guys feel about Foster Moreau? And that would answer the questions about the tight end situation. That would definitely, you know, kind of complete. And that's why I was like, man, the Saints ain't looking at – free agent tight ends right now because Monroe is circulating around and I know sooner or later it'll come out about what the Saints wanted to do. So Brooke Kirschhofer, this is the tweet that kind of sponsored the story right here. So what do you guys think about this thing here? All right. So this is it. This is really interesting, man, to be honest with you. Uh, but this is it's not something that is a big surprise at all to the who that nation. We knew eventually that uh, he would she he, that Foster Monroe was in the was lurking about here. We knew that. I, I was saying, yeah, I think the reason why the Saints didn't address it in the draft, they got an undrafted guy, you know, for depth and competition. But Foster Monroe checks the boxes. He's a young veteran tight end, and the he's here because of Carr. He has a familiar a familiar, uh, you know, relationship with Carr from his days with the Raiders. And that's what the Saints were attempting to do to kind of get receivers. And you had Brian Edwards, who's a former Raider who played with Carr there. 
And now you have Foster Monroe, who will basically uh, be at the tight end position along with Jawan Johnson. So the Saints have good value there. So very solid move by the Saints. And Foster Monroe is a pretty decent tight end, man. So it should be that gives him a security blanket that he's familiar with as well. So and then a really great cool part about the Foster Monroe story is that he was able to shake back from this cancer thing, man. So, you know, that's a big thing for Foster Monroe, man. So shout out to Foster Monroe, man, because to be honest with you, that's huge. That's huge for any person, you know, to get a diagnosis about cancer. And then he was able to go and take care of the business. And then, you know, several weeks later, come back and then take a physical. And then, of course, obviously he passed the physical for the Saints to one off on the contract. That's huge within itself. So that's shout out. No, he's not signed yet, Dana, not yet, baby. But uh, the Saints offered him, and he's saying they got other teams involved in looking at him. So, I mean, perhaps, I mean, this could be something the Saints are attempting to lock up. So, no signing yet. It's just the fact that they're mentioning that he, the Saints offered him a deal. So, most of this will be coming out over the next day or two, and we'll know exactly the particulars of what the Foster Monroe situation is. So, is Saints do have at least, what, five spots remaining on the team that they have to fill. And we'll see exactly how it all fits and where it goes from there, man, because that would be pretty cool. We knew that was one of the last things the Saints needed to do was fill a, the, uh, a tight end to help out the rump. So pretty cool. All right, so let's move on. And then, of course, this is the final one here, uh, interview right here that, you know, I was listening to. Uh, shout out to Super Talk out Mississippi. They interviewed Deuce McAllister. And Deuce kind of gave his thought process on the Saints draft picks and if you didn't hear it, cool. If you had, if you, I mean, if you didn't hear it, here's your opportunity. If you heard it, just pretend like you didn't hear it. Put one in the chat if you can still hear it. I'm curious, Deuce, in some ways, and, and maybe it's because there wasn't a quarterback involved, I feel like people might look at the Saints draft this year and say it was kind of a boring draft. But maybe boring is exactly what New Orleans needed. They went into it with this is what we need to accomplish. And then it appears like largely they accomplished that. What did you think? I'm okay with boring. I mean, boring wins football games. Uh, you have to, particularly the New Orleans Saints, they had to solidify the uh, the interior of the offense and defensive line, and they definitely did so with their first two picks as far as picking a defensive tackle and defensive end. And so that's where most football games are won. Uh, the Saints lost technically probably three starters on a defensive line. Uh, when you look at it. And so they had to replenish that group and they were able to do so. And those young guys look, you know, I don't, I don't call for them to come in and be all pro players this year. I want them to be contributors. And when you talk about a contributor, he may start some games, but he's definitely going to play. You know, he's got to have an impact. It doesn't have to be a game-by-game impact, but he's got to have an impact. And I think that that's what they got uh, long-term after three years. Let's reevaluate and see exactly how those players have uh, fared in their roles that they are in, and hopefully their roles continue to grow uh, each year. But right now, today, as they stand, you know, I think that they made some pretty good selections overall for themselves to, you know, kind of get better. As you've looked a little bit at, and I'm going to mispronounce his last name, is it, is it Bracey? Or Breezy, Bracey? Breezy, Breezy. Okay. Yeah, Breezy. All right, so out of Clemson, there is a recent history of dominant defensive linemen that are really athletic. 
He was banged up, so he did not play as much as some, especially in 2021 when he only played in four games. What, what do you make of, of what he brings to the table? He would not have been on the board had he been healthy. He is that talented. Okay. If he is healthy for this past college football season, the complete season, you're not picking him at 29. He's not available. That's how talented he is. And so for the Saints, they're ba- they're, they're 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 banking on their um, staff, their medical staff, being able to say, hey, look, we can help this young man continue to rehab the injury that he has had. It's really a shoulder and a knee uh, recovery from a knee injury. And if he recovers from that, then he's going to help those, the Saints inside, not only from a run-stopping ability, but being able to get after the quarterback. And, you know, that's that's how you win in that league. You've got to be able to affect the quarterback. All right, so they they get Isaiah Foskey in the second round out of Notre Dame. And when you look at his numbers, I mean, back-to-back seasons with double-digit sacks at Notre Dame, started every game for the last two years. Is this a true edge rusher, put him out there and say, go get the quarterback? And if that is the role, can you do more of that as a rookie than if you're being asked to do more? Here's the thing. He's really raw. (laughs) He is the all-time leading sack getter for the University of Notre Dame, and he's raw. You know, when you look at him as far as what he can do, what he, what ability, what overall ability he has, he can probably do more. And so for the Saints, they will use him in third-down situations. They will use him inside. They will move him around as far as he won't line up in just one position or one spot. They will move him all over the defensive line, really all over, the, you know, the front four positions and just – kind of let him refine uh, his technique and some of the things that he's doing from the defensive end position. Uh, but he can he can definitely help you. And I won't put a cap on him yet. I need to see him. Okay. I need to see how he moves. I need to see how he uses some of the things that he has before I kind of put a number on him. But here's something interesting. When you looked at 11 of the characteristics of your first-round pick, Marcus Davenport, who a lot of people obviously, you know, felt like the Saints reached on. He was a first rounder. Well, Foskey of eleven characteristics, he hit every one of them outside of three, from size to weight to wingspan to uh, vertical jump to ten yard split, forty yard split. Out of eleven main characteristics, and the Saints love the rise. That's the uh, basically. Um, a technique, you know, out of 10, nine, one out of 10 of how that player ranks at that position. Mm-hmm. He ranked, he scored really, really high. And so for him, he, 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 not only from an eye standpoint, as far as yes, the athlete looks good, he can play the position, but I think that he can even improve. And, you know, it's up to the New Orleans Saints to kind of develop him and hopefully he can continue to develop and be a playmaker for him. Love Deuce McAllister, man. Great insight for the, by the, one of the greatest running backs to ever work for the black and gold man, Deuce McAllister, simply a legend, great commentary on them. A lot of people, you know, that look at Isaiah Foskey calls him raw. And I'm like, and that's why a lot of people during the draft were saying, man, the Saints got Foskey uh, at the second round. That's uh, that's not where I thought he was at more of a third round. And I disagree with a lot of people. Now, now if you, my raw, is different than some people's raw, right? My raw is like what Davenport was coming out of out of uh, college, what Peyton Turner was coming out of college, right? Then any you could take both those guys out of college, both 
Peyton Turner and Marcus Davenport and put them together and still not get anywhere close to what Foskey is coming out of Notre Dame. And they were facing, and he was facing a lot stiffer uh, competition to still be able to handle the business. And he right, there's things when you study the tape on Foskey that he needs to work on. He needs a second move, a third move. Like a, a lot of times he used that one arm bull. He uses his arms a lot, but that one arm, he gets in there, but he needs to work on a few other moves. He needs to work on a, 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 a you know, a, a counter to wood move. Cause I've seen a lot of film where a good offensive lineman gets him and just stonewalls him. He needs to have a second and third move that he can go to. A lot of times I think he, he needs to develop, maybe watch some Dwight Freeney uh, tape as well and work on a nice little crispy spin move. But yeah, but you, you, that's what type of player that you bring into the program and you know that this guy has a, you know, he has a, a, a talent for getting to the quarterback. You know, Notre Dame is not exactly a assumption college. No disrespect to us, assumption college, but he's not exactly, that's not where he came from. He came from a pretty good school in terms of where the, what they play. And I know they come out of the independence, but they play some good schools. And he was still able to get all those sacks. So, yeah, he definitely needs some work on the second and third move, uh, you know, to kind of help him out. Help him out, And I think the Saints would definitely help him out. And he, in, ter- in terms of the last two defensive ends that we took high in the draft, our, you know, when you had a very – Davenport was so raw, people was taking him. I ain't going to even say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But Peyton Turner and Marcus Davenport, man, when they coming out of out of college, you couldn't get more raw than that, dude. Seriously. So love Deuce's commentary on that. Finish up. I want to ask you about one more guy, and I would think this one hits close to your heart, right? You have uh, you've been a rookie running back in the NFL. Kendra Miller out of TCU had a special season a year ago. Banged up at the very end. What can he do as a rookie? And what's he going to be asked to do? Because there are some questions at running back. I think that's fair to say. No, that's 100% fair to say. I think for him, keep your head down and go to work. Because there's going to be some opportunity. And so the New Orleans Saints know that they have to take some of the load off of Alvin Kamara. The question will be uh, how many games he will be out for with the situation that he had a couple years ago in Las Vegas, you know, from the Pro Bowl. And so – uh, there, there will be some carries there for him, and so what I, my, my, my advice is to him: soak it all in, um, keep your head down, and just go to work. I mean, because the Saints want you to be successful, it's up to you to commit to being successful, and it's up to you to being able to say, "I can uh, absorb that that playbook, and I can go make plays." Hey, what are teams and and the Saints specifically trying to accomplish with undrafted free agents? We see that flurry of announcements as soon as the draft ends. Got- that that was great. That was a great commentary too by Drew. I mean by uh, Deuce. Deuce dropped it right there too about Miller coming in here and listen, uh, Kendra Miller. Deuce McAllister is giving you some advice. You be you'll be very intelligent to take it <laughs> from Deuce McAllister. Let me tell you something. One running back to another running back. Let me tell you, this would this this is good advice. And he definitely Kendra Miller. A lot of people are kind of warming up to him. Because they're studying the film, and I hear people saying QE's not as fast, and such and such, such and such. But if you study the film and you go back and you study the film of Miller out of TCU, power, speed, he does have a second gear, 
And it's a, it definitely is a difference between 40 time when you're just running a straight line versus game speed. He has that. He has a second gear. You see it like you can put the film on and watch when they, they throw him screens, how he climbs to the second level of the screen and then turns it on and outruns defensive backs for the end zone. He has a second gear. And not only that, but he's a big running back. A power, I, I, I'd be hesitating to call. He's a complete back because he can do it all for you. He's a guy that can catch out the backfield. He has a, a degree of athleticism to him. And what's really awesome about him is the fact that he can run over you or he can dance you out of your shoes, the, the bottom line. I mean, he makes guys miss. He has really good movement there. You can watch the film of how he break guys down, making a miss. And everything's a fluid motion with Miller. If you watch him, everything's a fluid motion with him. You know, very great pick by the Saints in the third round to get him. We know Deuce made mention of it. He expects him to kind of miss some time there. And a lot of people agree with Deuce. Hell, I agree with Deuce on that. I think Elvin Kamara could be missing sometimes. It could be, you know, a month worth of games. Could be two months worth of games. I don't know. And then there's a small percentage chance that he actually beats this thing. You know, that's a part of the dynamic, you know. Uh, You know, it's a small chance that he can. But the Miller pick, the Saints did did themselves a great service by getting Miller. I know a lot of people wanted Ty J Spears, but the Saints wanted somebody that not only has a power dynamic, but somebody that has, you know, the ability to have some athleticism. He uses his stiff arm. And he has a, he has a, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I've seen film where it takes several people to bring him down. He's running, he fights people off using his stiff arm. He, you know, he can dance you out your shoes and fake you out and keep moving. I mean, he's just a really good running back. I like what he can become the potential of him in the saints behind the saints offensive line. So I'm going to be looking forward to a lot of these young players that's coming in very, 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 very solid draft for the saints, especially the top picks. Some of the top picks one through three, very solid moves by the black and gold four was good. The other four pick with Hayner his relationship with Carr. That's harmony there. So it all comes together. The saints put together a very solid Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Wake up at Holiday Inn Express to a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. Count on all the hot, fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone, like eggs, cinnamon rolls, and even hot, fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave. Next time, do yourself a favor and stay at a Holiday Inn Express with a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. So, when you wake up at Holiday Inn Express, you'll wake up happy, a part of IHG Hotels and Resorts. And business like draft, man. That's 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 thing. Let's finish out with Deuce. Guys are trying to to shuffle and grab pieces, and obviously you're trying to add to your team, but you don't see that many UDFA guys that end up on rosters. But sometimes you do. What are they trying to accomplish there? 
Well, I think overall it's really with the expanded practice squad, it's a, it's a way for them to add to their team. And this may be a player that's not uh, ready immediately. And when okay. I say immediately, uh, you know, when you talk about the first eight to ten games, but as injuries happen in the NFL, he can come in and he can play a role. And, you know, maybe in two years, three years, that player, you know, particularly an undrafted rookie free agent can step in and, and be able to help him. And so I know some guys, particularly in the state of Mississippi, are upset that they may not have gotten drafted. But they did sign that contract, and it's an opportunity. The, the one thing I'll tell them is, hey, look, when you're going in, most of those guys went into uh, the, the facility today, uh, and you'll have rookie minicamp that'll start you know, either this week or next week. Don't hang out with that veteran guy. Go in and be one of the first guys in the building. Be one of the last guys in the building. because. And what I mean is that veteran guy knows what it takes to be able to make the club. Mm, as a rookie, yeah. particularly as an undrafted rookie, you don't know what it takes. You want to listen to that veteran, but you don't want to go and hang out with him because he knows what he has to do to get his body ready. <laughs> you don't know yet. And so, you know, when he tells you, hey, look, let's go to Fox and the Hound or let's go, you know, we're going to go see the city and we're going to this concert, you tell him, no, I need to learn the playbook, you know. For- All right, that's Drew uh, Deuce McAllister dropping game on the youngsters, man, letting them know. <laughs> Uh, dude's been there and done that, man. Young running, young uh, football players that's involved with the Saints are just period game across the NFL. Listen to Deuce McAllister lay it down, dropping game on the young folk, man. Dropping it so really good, really good game from uh, from Deuce. Shout out to brother Deuce. Scout without clout says Foskey was good versus the run plays with high motor. I actually think we picked him to stop mobile QBs because he's athletic in space, like a linebacker, good nose for the ball in a run game. Scout without clout, you got scout with clout on that, brother. Both these comments you made are excellent comments on our draft pick players. You're actually, actually, that that is great comment by Foskey. And yes, and we talked about it like during the draft, the draft show, prior to the draft show, we talked about uh, how the Saints have an issue with these athletic quarterbacks we had issues even with uh marcus mariota last year the saints simply had big problems you know stopping that mobile qb threat lamar jackson and whoever we played that were mobile they gave us problems so we have guys that are good and then what's you're right on foskey foskey if he can't get to you he kind of stabs back uses his arms to keep those guys away so he doesn't get trapped by the offensive line so he can play the run as well. So, yeah, I've seen film on that. We love love how Foskey plays the game. Just add, he needs to add some more movement, some more moves to what he has, you know, more counters to what he's doing. And I think he'll be – he's going to be a very complete end for the Saints down the line. So, not too far down the line either. Also, Miller reminds me of Marshawn Lynch. Wow. Out of Cal or Joseph Adair. Okay, I like that one. Out of LSU, he's tough power, tough power runner, but surprisingly – Nimble. Yeah, he uses arms, he uses his feet, and you watch the guy dancing, and it's just, man, you know, he's a really good running back, man. Really good. Now, I was I, I remember Miller scouting him, like, during the draft, but there's so many other really good ones that caught my eye that I really like. You know, I like Chase out of Illinois. I like uh, Mo Ibrahim from Minnesota. Uh, it was so many really good, talented backs there. You know, the kid out of what? Uh, from uh, Alabama, Birmingham. Who else was there? I mean, it was so many really good running backs uh, that were there, but to get him, man, is uh, pretty special. 
Itray says, uh, uh, let's see, hold on. Ant-Man says, I love this team, but I'm going to temper my expectation because of the coaching staff. I'll say I'm optimistic. Me and you on one accord, bro. We was on the um, the NFC South roundtable for the family members that didn't have an opportunity to check out the roundtable out. Please feel free to check out the roundtable. It was really fun doing those roundtables. I don't know how many roundtables we've done like that, but every time we do them, People just really enjoy him because, you know, it's it's fun. These are good brothers on there, and we're talking about our, you know, our teams with, you know, with, with all the love and respect in the world for each other. So it's it's a very fun roundtable, and we made mention of the draft picks and the players that we're bringing in, and it's just like, man, it's going to be a wonderful year. A lot of people talking about the Saints and kind of squelching us down in so far as the card, saying car is not nothing, and he's mid or he's average at best. I'm like, well, how many quarterbacks, you know, that has uh, several years of 4,000 yard passing, you know, I understand the 63 and 79 mark, but what about the, the, you know, his individual numbers are different. And I know it's not exclusively on the quarterback. So let's just see how it looks once we get him here and then give him all of the weapons that the saints have and have added this year. Like the saints had, Speedy wide receivers. They've added more guys to the wide receiver room. Big wide receivers that can actually go up and get the ball that have speed and size. You know, you talk about Brian Edwards. You talk about uh, Shaq Davis. You talk about uh, who else we missing here? Uh, A.T. Perry. I mean, you're talking about guys that have, and then, of course, Michael Thomas, he can stay healthy. That'll be another fantastic additive to what the Saints are doing. So, Man, Jamal Williams in his own right, that's something that people are really going to Jamal Williams move was one of the most, that's one of the most solid moves. I mean, you want to talk about solid, solid, solid moves the Saints made. The Jamal Williams signing, dude, that is going to be huge for the Saints coming into this season. A lot of people, we're not talking about it because we're kind of still moving along. We're looking at everything else they're doing, but from an offensive standpoint, when you talk about all of the things the Saints have had, it my goodness, the Jamal Williams signing, of what they got for him, what they paid for him, is just going to be huge for the Saints, especially when Kamara comes out of his legal issues. That is going to be extremely huge for the Saints, and not to mention you still have Taysom Hill kind of moving around in that thing, so it's kind of difficult to kind of look at. Hold, on, let me get the depth chart up we got a i'm doing a um projected a depth a depth chart projection show uh coming up uh wednesday so we'll go over it but let me get the saints uh unofficial depth chart up here and it's just like i, I think about some of the moves and signings and you're moving through it and you just it's just going in through your head how all of these fantastic movements the saints are making from an offensive standpoint, you just think about like, man, that Jamal Williams signing, man, dude. And then all of the Saints, the stuff the Saints are doing from the skill set of the offensive skill set side of things, wide receivers added, size and speed, AT Perry and the rest. You know, we don't put too much on our rookies right now to see how they look because we, you know, this is, you know, it's a team game. 
But the Jamal Williams move for me was like, if I had to pinpoint one really good move that I like for the Saints, the Jamal Williams, 17 touchdowns last year in the NFL, you add him to your running back room with Kendra Miller. It's, it's just ridiculous, man. And uh, the thing is, you're not asking Carr to do it all. When you give Carr who's his greatest attribute, he's a good leader. He's, you know, he has leadership. He takes control of the huddle. His great attributes, like his football, watching car offenses are fun because it's a lot of big throws, explosive plays downfield to open things up. Like you watch some of the film, even when we played them a couple of years ago, when uh, Gruden was there, when we, when they opened up the death stars, they called it or whatever they damn building call in Las Vegas when they opened up the building there and we lost to them in, uh, in Las Vegas, I think it was the first home game they ever played. It was against the saints and they beat us there. We were winning the game. And then all of a sudden it just went away from us. Everything changed and the rant. I mean, the Raiders just started running the ball with Josh Jacobs and then they started throwing the ball to, um, to, uh, the wide receiver, Darren Waller. And they just got going, you know? So, you know, just watching him air the ball out to Waller, it's just he brings like an excitement of the accurate deep ball downfield, a lot of explosive plays to make football fun. And that's the type of thing that you want to see in a Saints offense. You want to see a Sean Payton uh, offense ran by an accurate deep ball thrower who has weapons all around him. I'm talking weapons all around him. And, I, of course, I know we covered, we talked about the story right here, with Foster Monroe has an offer on the table from the Saints. He's also receiving attention from other teams, according to Brooke Kirschhofer. But you look at what the Saints are doing. This is like one of the few pieces left for them to add to the secondary room. And listen, I'm going to keep it real. And I'm not mad at the fish man, but Foster Monroe is, is an upgrade. He's definitely an upgrade over Troutman. Troutman is, is is uh, he has potential, but it's unrealized because he's not serious. He's not 100 percent dedicated to what he was doing. If he was, he would have broke away, broke a, broke through in the room for the Saints. They were giving him every advantage. But to be honest with you, they were going to even if the fish man remained, they were going to sign Foster Monroe, and eventually Monroe would have been the guy that would have pushed the fish man out. Of, well, they would have kept the fish man. They would have kept him. They would have kept. They would have. They, they, they would have they would have kept the fish, man. They would have found a way to keep him in there. They, they would have. They probably would even try to turn him into a fullback, you know, knowing them people. But anyway, it's just adding him there along with the familiarity with Carr. And it's just, you know, I love it. But the big move that I really like, and there are quite a few of them, but the Jamal Williams move, man, that is such a huge move for the Saints. That's a, such a move because he brings so much. That's a talk about upgrading of upgrading this position, that position. Jamal Williams is the Saints' second running back behind Elvin Kamara. And how you can use both of them together when they are ready. Then you got Taysom Hill there as well. You know, in the you know we talk about everybody, then Taysom is here, he's there, you can sprinkle him. It's just, man, it's the question is, can we get it all together and on the same page? They have talent. The, the offense is very talented. Can they get it all together? Can Pete Carmichael get that together? Can, can him and Coach Curry get that together? Could they 
Could they get it together? That's the whole thing. Can they get it together and make it work? So the quarterback that can do what Car do, they should be able to make this thing work. But we shall see. We temper our expectations. Poppy says Dennis Allen about to he says he's about to that power football he talked about in his pre- yeah he did mention that at first so it's gonna be fun watching it man but listen you got Jamal Williams seventeen touchdowns Kendra Miller who's a power back and of course the Saints still have they run a they have three solid running backs once Kamara's good is good Taysom Hill operates as a running back when you need him to so the Saints have a lot of versatility in what they can do you know they really do. It's going to be fun watching this offense, man. It really is, man. Yeah, Seth says Darren Waller ha- happened. Yeah. Uh, D- Daniel said, I know we are you, the offense. I would, th- he said, I think rookies like Taysom uh, would be training or doing some type of practicing with some QB vets. That's why I would like to try to do it if it was. Keep, uh, Randall says, I'm over paper, good offseason additions, but will they gel? Will coaching staff put them in a position to be successful? And will the players play to their potential strengths? That's true. That's what it, that's then. And Randolph, that is exactly what we talking about here, my friend. And that's when they asked me that in the round table, that's my spiel to them was, is that the saints are loaded with talent from an offensive standpoint. They added some really good additions this year. The draft was solid. They hit on the needs. They have some new people coming in on the defensive side of the ball, you know, a new defensive line coach. You got, new defensive coordinator, even though Dennis Allen will be the coordinator. Uh, Woods will be the guy in name only. They got an entire new secondary coaching staff outside of Sterling, who is an assistant coach there. So it's a learning process. Like these young players will have to learn why these coaches learn. So, you know, we'll see how it all looks going forward, man. But to be honest with you, I don't know, fam. This is going to be strange, man. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be big time interesting. But anyway, let's do a quick recap of some of the stuff we covered. NFL schedule will be released on Thursday night. We covered that. Talked about the two-day event the NFL is grafting together. Jeff Ireland talking about the acquisition, a drafting of Jake Hayner, his similarities to Drew Brees. He made mention of that. And we talked about that. We also talked about the compensatory picks projection for what the saints are looking at for next season. We also talked about Foster Monroe as an offer on the table from the saints, but is also receiving attention from other teams. And then we played Deuce McAllister, a fantastic saints legend. Talk about the draft and even offer some really great jewels to the younger players on how to handle uh, coming into the team, we keep even looking at the draft, man. So we'll have draft uh, the depth, fifty-three man roster projection uh, coming up on Wednesday. We'll go over it, and I'll have it broken down. But yeah, this is uh, yeah on, on paper they look good, but so do a lot of the teams in the in the NFC South. It's all about Dennis Allen. Did he learn what he needed to learn to do what he got to do? said on the NC roundtable that he has to stay out of the win. And Lowe and Brother Rashad said, what you mean, Q, how could he stay out of the way? He has to be able to delegate. He's not a micromanager, which is a positive. But at the same time, you got to know when to step in and when to step out. You, you see what I'm saying? You got to know how to dance. You know, you got to make your presence felt when you're supposed to make your presence felt. You know, you got to kind of give the, 
you know, let these guys run it, but still kind of check in on them, make sure everything all right. You can't get totally fixated to where what you're doing as a defensive coordinator, which is why I was kind of saying that how are you supposed to, and it's not a knock against them, these are just questions. It's like, how are you supposed to get better as a head coach when you're still participating like you're a coordinator, you know? even though you have the head coach title, a lot of that is going on in the team. Like we got a defensive coordinator, but we know he's not coordinating any defenses. He's a defensive assistant. See, a lot of this is going on on the team. It's a lot of position confusion. Or you the defensive coordinator. Can I call the plays? No. You can help me call the plays. Okay. Aren't you the head coach? Yeah. So, huh? And this happens in different teams. But the thing is, how could he make that work where he didn't make it work before? What did he learn or what did he do that can help him? Now, the thing that I see just from looking at the offseason moves at this point is that I've seen Dennis Allen give him and Mickey work together to empower the Saints offense so that it can carry its water. Remember, the defense was the strength of the team last year. You know, it might be in reverse this year. This could very well be the offense being the strength of the team because the Saints have a defensive line that produced 40 sacks last year and three of the starters are gone, even though you said, Q, they were garbage. But, you know, the uh, the interior defensive line that is, but still in all, as a unit, that's what they did. Caden Ellis had seven of those. So we have to be able to see what happens. It's a lot of flux on the defensive side with new coaches and new personnel you got three new starters on the defense, so guys going to have to figure that thing out. And every time you kind of defer to younger players, it always the patience angle plays in because these young players need time to learn, and that's why Deuce was saying just contribute. You know, he made the great point of, listen, just be a contributor. We'll let these other guys, Sanders and Shepard, do their thing, and then you guys simply contribute and learn on the fly. Then when you surpass these guys or whatever, then you can step up into a larger role. I like that philosophy because you're going to need these young guys that you're drafting, that you have drafted, to be able to come in and help you do what needs to be done, bottom line. So a lot of pressure is going to be put on our defense this year, but it could be flip-flop here. So, He's given the offense, he being Dennis Allen's given the offense, all of these people, Jamal Williams and, you know, and all these other cats to kind of help out and power them. And if upgraded the wide receiver room with size, bigger wide receivers with speed, that's added more depth to the offensive line, which is a positive Add very good running back and Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller got the potential quarterback and developmental quarterback of the future. And Jake Hayner, he's look at bringing Foster Monroe up in here. To add along with Taysom and, you know, read up with Jawan Johnson, all this other fan, Derek Carr, the biggest centerpiece of the Saints offense, leadership ability, throwing the deep ball. So he could kind of fixate and let Pete have that and then slide on and say, I got the defense and whatever. So that's the question. What did he learn? So, you know, from based on that, I just see him giving the offense the keys and saying, hey, man, let me focus on the defense and y'all handle that. That's that's his method. And we'll see how it all goes, man. So with that amount of firepower, you would think, you would think that they can do a lot better. They simply couldn't do no worse, offensively speaking, than what they did last year. That's for certain. So we'll see, man, at the end of the day. So 
What do you guys think? What do you think will be – I don't think the defense will be the strength of the Saints moving into the season. I think more than likely it will probably be the offense based on how things, things are lining up because you got so much turnover on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, are you in lockstep with me on that? What do you guys think? Let me get a few of your reactions before I get ready to dirk out on this thing. All right, shout out. Hemisphere says, good as it looks on paper, sky's the limit. Does the coaching staff have the vision to see y'all guys on point? The Great Saint Think Tank is always on point, man. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes. It's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. That's why, that's why I like talking to you guys. That's why I just love it communicating with you guys because you guys are smart you smart and i know that not everybody's smart i'm just gonna keep your honest they got a lot of people out there don't know what the hell they talking about you know to keep it just be it just keep it keep it a buck with you they got a lot of novice people out there they don't know nothing like people it it's some thought in this shit you know what i'm saying part my french but a lot of people not on that I Ram says, who that Q? Please keep my dad okay yes shout out to ramsey shout out to you bro prayers on your family man uh, yes, I will keep your, your, your father in my prayers, man. And my, and, and, and shout out. Yeah. From cancer surgery. Indeed, bro. So much love to you, my friend and may, uh, healing of all sorts, man, uh, feel your dad's body and heal him of this, this, uh, this cancer, man. So, and keep it out of there, man. So much love to you, my friend. Thank you for reminding us about it, man. Uh, appreciate it. All right. So, uh, JT says, Q. Do you think we should change our offense or just tweak it? The, and that, and that's the point. You know, you have a Sean Payton offense led by Carmichael. The plus of it is it's a Sean Payton offense, which is it's going to be a five, a top five, top ten, no more than, no less than a 15 offense, but you have a different guy operating. Pete Carmichael is a really intelligent dude, but he don't he doesn't have the stones that Sean Payton has. He doesn't have the stones. And that's a big part of why Sean Payton's offense works because coach Payton will be calling, you know, he'll call these plays and be real, you know, ballsy with it. And then, you know, it's, it's a part of the game. So he has the schematic aspect of coach Payton's offense in his mind, but it's a certain emotional or what is this? It's a certain energy that coach Payton brings 
with that offense that Carmichael doesn't bring. He doesn't bring or operate that same intensity, that same energy, that same emotional intentional intensity that Sean Payton brings there. It's it, it's not there. Even though it's from a scheme standpoint, it's Coach Payton's offense. It just lacks that that type of energy. And he would never be Coach Payton in terms of that energy. He's just that's just not his character. So what I'm hoping is is that and this like I said, I'm hoping that whatever he lacks Carr brings and then cars because Carr has a, a, a intensity about himself. If you watch these games, he has an intensity about himself. If Carr intensity can meet Pete Carmichael's non-intensity or cre- it creates like a balance of some sort between the two where Carr operates coach, coach Peyton system and brings the intensity that is lacking that Pete Carmichael doesn't have. You see what I'm saying? It's just, Maybe these two halves can make a hole in other, in, in other words. And you, we, from a standpoint, you just want the Saints offense to be a top 10 unit. You just want to, they're going to obviously run the football. You know, that's what they're, they're gearing up to. When you bring Jamal Williams in and, and Kendra Miller, you're looking at running the football. So that's a big part of what the Saints are going to do. And they do and have, from a historical standpoint over the last several years, have run the ball uh, uh, to create the the passive play to play action, which is what we need to set up for the Saints to have success to throw the ball down the field, We've, and, and that's a big part of the game. So, hopefully, what Pete Carmichael lacks from an emotional standpoint, that Carr can bring, and and you would hope that some kind of way they meet, and it it, it just forms a, a harmony and a, and a synergy in the building. So, hopefully, man, that would be the case because to see Carr and the Saint in a Sean Payton's offense. If that 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 should he was getting four thousand yards and what he was running out in Oakland. Could you imagine him operating this offense? You know, like that. I mean, four, he was getting what four what several straight years of four thousand yard seasons and what whatever they were doing out there. And you put him in Peyton's offense and he gets a grasp, a firm grasp on what he, what Carmichael wants him to do. So one would hope, bro, like you say, this is simply paper and we can't, I haven't seen it yet until we see it when they get on the field and start practicing and get everything together. But man, this is, it will be interesting. So yeah, I agree with a lot of the family members that it's up to Dennis Allen. You know, Dennis Allen's going to tell this guy here, this is for you. He's going to do similar to the same thing he did last year, but his mentality is to power up the offensive, get the power of the offense as much as they can do. And he watches the defense, and somebody needs to watch Darren Rizzi and the special teams because Darren Rizzi ain't hitting on nothing, man. I'm sorry. Somebody got to get Rizzi together. All right, thank you for that, fam. All right, shout out to Brother Farouk, man. Appreciate you. Brother Eugene says Carmichael doesn't have Peyton's feel for the game flow. No, he doesn't. Doesn't read the room as well. No, he doesn't. And that's no insult because Sean is all-timer. It is what it is. Indeed. Only thing uh, Carmichael has is the scheme. This is true. He, I have not, I, I've not seen Pete Carmichael get buck and throw his hands and pumps and fuss and you know yell in somebody's face. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't see that from him. That's not who he is. But from a scheme standpoint, he knows it like the back of his hand. But see, another thing is that's okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, because if he has somebody else and you got a passing game coordinator who is a guy that does get emotional as well. So how how more involved will he become in the offensive room with Pete Carmichael, our passing game coordinator? So 
coach coverage. So we'll we'll figure that all out as we get going. But I know that it's you know that emotional edge has to be there for the offense to drive. I think we're gonna be all right. We'll see. Seth says, "Q, what do you think about uh, Shahid changing the number to twenty-two? That's no, that's so ugly, Q for a wide out." Well, Rashid Shahid, man, um, I mean, he could be number 99. I don't care. <laughs> but what he's doing, man, you know, his his uh, his skill set, man, is, is unbelievable, man. How did, He's an undrafted wide receiver, man, that just came on the team, man. His route running improved. It's a, he's a natural. He had all this speed and, I mean, he's a natural. It just, he just, it just took to him. It just took to him. So, yeah, I just think he'll be a phenomenal, regardless of whatever number he's wearing, I, I, he'll be a phenomenal force out there. And it could be the fact that if he did change his number to 22 like that, then it could be a situation where they could be using perhaps as a running back a little, you know, you know, a little something like that. But we'll see, man. I think anytime you got a guy as fast as Rasheed Shahid, you want to try to get him involved in reverses and all kind of stuff, man. You just, his speed is just, is just ridiculous. We want to try to get as much out of him as we possibly can. Zico says, you need all the weapons you can get with Carmichael. At the, well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Weapons everywhere. Weapons all around car, speed all around car, size all around car. You need all that around him. And, you know, Coach Curry has to, and Car has, Carmichael has to work together. Carr and Carmichael along with Coach Curry have to work together. They have to be on the same page or this is not going to work. This is not going to work. All of them have to be on the same page from an offensive standpoint, or it's not going to work. It's not going to work because Dennis Allen's going to turn it over to them, and he's going to focus on the defense. He's going to focus on the defense. That's what he's going to do. And you can't tell him no difference because it's like a one-trick pony. You know, you expect him to learn more and learn how to do this, that, and the third. But if you're meeting up, going up against coaches that understand the game a lot more, comp, you know, and more complexities than a Dennis Allen, you got Bill Belichick and all these other fantastic minds that's going up against Dennis Allen, you would think that, hey, man, let's just, you know, if you get to a chess match with Bill Belichick, <laughs> it'll be interesting. So it'll be fun seeing the whole thing uh, play out, man. We'll see, man. But the big, I agree with you guys. The biggest question mark of this whole thing is Dennis Allen and how much is he learning and what he's willing to do. But from a standpoint, I just don't see uh, Dennis Allen and, you know, I ain't going to say the man ain't learning nothing, but I just think he's going to do a lot of the same stuff he did last year. Now, he's just going to have to, like I told you, put that Glenn, that Glenn Jones on. You got to show me because, you know, he got to show me. He got – the thing is, you've been losing as a head coach for years. Losing as a head coach. Never won as a head coach ever. You got to show me. Not saying that the man can't get a winning record for the first time ever. But you have to show me because last year we could have had that winning record had you not made several really curious and crazy decisions around the team. Do he has any of that left in him? Can he not become emotional to the point where you sabotaging your own team because you, you know, you're doing what you're doing? It's just so much, man. And they're not asking these questions about this. This is a big part of if they can succeed or not. He's never won in anything as a head coach before, and you cannot overlook that. So in order for that to change, 
he has to show what has he learned besides adding players in here. It's more than just adding players in here. The head coach has to have made some type of mental adjustments as a head coach for the team to improve because he's never won anything before. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Never. So, I'm sorry to get like that, but I'm just keeping it real, like I always do. He has to got put that Glenn Jones on. You got to show me. He's got to show me. That's the bottom line. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, Eric says, D.A. got more talent than he ever had in Oakland and Nola. It's on him. Absolutely. It is on him. When we was not in the round. You can't, y'all can't understand how tough that made me feel to tell the NFC South brethren that, to tell them that. And they, Brother Rashad said, Q, I watch your streams, bro. I watch them streams, bro. I'm like, yeah, bro, listen. He said, bro, you highly critical. I'm, I'm critical with reason. I'm not just picking on nobody. I'm critical for a purpose. You've given me every purpose, every reason to be super, uber critical of how the Saints are operating here. And you can't, I'm not a guy that you can send the propaganda minister at me and tell me we got this going on now we're gonna win i'm not that you can't do that to me my mind don't work like that i would request you to give me evidence that this is changing and a lot of people that's in that in the business they would rather sell you this because it sounds good it makes you feel good and i'm about I'm, i'm in the middle there i'm in the middle Because not everything you hear is going to make you feel good, you know, all the time. It's a lot of positive stuff going on, and I give them that. But it does not change the question that I've asked last year. Coming into the system, big shoes to fill. We went backwards. Nine and seven, you was a game away from going to the playoffs two years ago. Last year, you went 7-10, and you went backwards. What happened? Was the team less talented? No. 
the team was more talented than the team before it. The Saints actually filled in the needs from the previous year. Why do we lose? Why do we lose ground? Injuries. Injuries happen every year. Everybody deals with it. You can't say that to me. But they'll sell it to you so you keep buying tickets and keep buying it. And listen, them people pissed off at me because I think like this and I'm telling y'all to withhold y'all money until this, that, and the third. Them people pissed off at me for that. They really are. They know who the hell I am. I've been doing this for almost nine years. They know damn well who and they're pissed off at me for me going at Dennis Adam like that and me challenging them everywhere, every twist and turn about turning this damn thing around. But I'm not saying anything that is not accurate. I've always, to my bad, I might screw up a name every now and again. <laughs> God knows I do that. But when it... <laughs> But when it comes down to talking this saint stuff, man, listen here. I've been doing this for a while, man, and I always keep I always keep it real. Y'all know. So yeah, they pissed with me because I'm call I'm calling there, I'm calling that crap out. So they've added talent. They did this last year. They had a pretty decent draft last year. They had a good signing period last year. The question I keep asking and will continue to ask is what has Dennis Allen learned as a head coach? that will help him win games this year. You can say playoffs all the time. You can say it to your blue in the face. Just because you're saying it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. You have to then say it and then carry it out. And he has to change. He has to change the way how he's coaching. He has to change the way how he's relating to his players. He has to change certain backstabby lie ways that he uses that people have said. And it's not something that I've made up and said. Hell, his, his starting quarterback last year said he was he lied to him. So it ain't like, you, you, you saying, I'm not saying nothing that ain't true. Everything I'm saying comes with receipts, two or three of them. So how how is, if this dude doesn't change the way he's operating as a head coach, it's going to be tough. And like I said about the, head, the round table, I would, it was really hurtful. Well, I ain't going to say hurtful, but it's tough for me to say that to them. It was tough for me to tell them that. And they know it's like, man, Q, the Saints, the Saints are the most, listen, they got Eric Bryce Young's there. Listen, you got a nine a guy in car that comes in a wide open Saints offense. Wide receiver weapons, running back weapons, utility, everything. Saints got it all, offensively speaking, Right. Everybody else is putting their stuff together. Everybody else got young quarterbacks or guys that are not as more as experienced. The truth of the matter is if the Saints can't come into the NFC South this year while everybody's still young and trying to figure it out and kind of take it from them, it's going to be difficult moving into year two and three of Carr because the Panthers are coming. The Atlanta Falcons are coming. Both these teams have pilfered players and coaches and both from you because you're, you are the person that everybody looks to in the division. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no disrespect, disrespect my dog, big game James, but they, they basically took a steroid shot called Tom Brady for the last three years. And he's basically elevated them to levels where they shouldn't have been organically speaking. This is real because when he leaves, they go back to what they were supposed to be organically. So the truth is 
it should be the Saints division over the next several years. And then eventually you'll get Bryce Young catching up and start causing some hell and some problems because he's a different type of dude. But at the same time, the Saints should be dominant in the NFC South. Now, I couldn't come out and say that to him because I still have reservations on top of the team. That's the big thing. So you would have to look at the team and I just and be real. I'm not going to look past the head coach because the team is is formed after the head coach. They share his mentality. So if it's a fractured vision and people are not carrying their weight like last year when they didn't have why nobody wasn't doing player only meetings when the team was stinking. What was what 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 why we had all these weird ass speeches from the keep hope alive as Jesse Jackson speeches from Demario and the rest of these guys, Juwan Johnson, bro, miss me with that. Miss me. Go talk to your guys in the locker room. If I can come and make a tackle from you for you, I would, if I can catch a pass for you, I would, but you're going to have to do it. And you're going to have to talk to the buddies in the locker room and y'all going to have to get with the same vision. That wasn't there last year. So you can't, it's not just all Dennis, even though he sits on top of the team. Where were the rest of the leadership while the team was falling through the flow? So it's like a lot of things have to change at the head coach, but the the players who are supposed to be leaders have to lead positively. They have to. So, I mean, these are big questions to ask, but these are the things that could, if not answered properly, could lead to us not making the playoffs versus getting in the playoffs. So like I said, it's a different thing to have a winning season is a whole nother thing to go to the playoffs and to win in the playoffs. This is something that, you know, the man never done before. He might've been a part of a team that did it, but he himself have never done that for himself. And that my friends, that's a big tall, that's a big telltale sign. Can he figure it out what has changed in his mind as a head coach? What changes has he undergone? What coaching uh, regiments is, or he's, or is he going to implement this year? Is he going to bring in some type of people to kind of help him in his speeches? And is he, you know, working on improving his, uh, uh, how you roll up his players? Because these are, you know, skills that he can learn. He can learn how to talk to people. You can. You can learn how to roll up your players. You, you can learn certain things. You can to improve yourself. Coaches do it all the time. So we'll see how it all goes, man. It's just It's just what it is, man. All right, Scout says for sure that's going to be a huge factor. We're adding added enough talent to compensate for coaching. See, that's the thing when I told him stay out of the way. Talent compensating for coaches, we had that last year. And the coaching decisions crippled the team because it refused to make QB changes when a QB was there. Why would why why did we stay with that? Why why why, why didn't we switch and go to see that's the type of thinking I don't want us to be haunted with in 2023. Why couldn't we switch switch the quarterback last year for the other guy when you seen it stinking? Why couldn't you switch that? What was the problem there? What, was he hurt? No, he wasn't. So what was it? Some emotional pettiness that occurred that you put that above the team? That's a big red flag. Big red flag. How do you fix that this upcoming year that, that don't cycle back and happen this year? Not with the quarterbacks, but maybe another vital position. Huh? See, that's what I'm asking. And that's only he can answer that. And only those questions can be asked to him. 
And he has to answer that directly. What are you doing that's going to be different? So, I, I mean, when they said that to me, they know they listen to this show. They know, man. They know this squad because I keeps it real, man. That's the question. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.